seven-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Episode 3, touching down for the Utter Punts, blitzing the NFL conversation from right here in the UK. Week 1's in the bag, the punts are ready to discuss what went down and what's coming up. This is not Detroit, man, this is the Super Bowl! Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt, Oh, he hits the upright! It's no good! Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs! Utter punts steaming into the conversation like TJ Watt smashed into quarterbacks before he ripped his peck off on Sunday. This is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. We correctly predicted every single game from our previews in the last episode. We're not playing games. I'm sports journalist and Giants fan Liam Bradford, and the Giants got to win. Go on then. I've got two utter punts alongside me. A happy Vikings fan down in Birmingham, Dave Keane. Yeah, I am happy, and I'm happy because it's a victory day for all of us. All of our teams have won. It'll probably be the only time this season uh, because the Giants aren't very good, Liam. Trust me when I say his second take was happier than his first. Alongside me here in Manchester is Ravens man, Dan Horton. Yeah, we're a bit later this week. We've been watching the Nathaniel Hack it guy to two minute drills and it took far longer than expected it certainly wasn't two minutes that's all I'm going to say we've got the big game reviews fantasy league updates and the punts look ahead to week two thanks for being with us oh yes first weekend in the bag and it was an absolute belter as well I don't think any of us saw some of the stuff that was coming however it does have to be said that utter punts saw everything coming which was quite impressive we'll get on to that a little bit later thought we'd touch on some of the headlines of this week shall we start with sunflower seed gate dave yeah. why don't you why don't you explain this because you sent a picture around in the utter Ponce whatsapp group earlier that looked a little dodgy yeah i, I got it from uh my friend is a browns fan and basically there's a browns player holding what is apparently a bag of sunflower seeds uh i then googled sunflower seeds and checked about 300 pictures i can't find any of that of that color of green but i'm sure that somewhere there might be one maybe is this flavored on the bench yeah and in a ziplock bag during the game looks more like oregano than it does sunflower seeds is that what we're saying uh, yeah yeah so some form of herbal remedy most likely yeah next headline i've spotted saquon barkley all right. We've spoken about this briefly, a couple of us, and how good to see him back and not looking like he's about to snap in half every time he starts running. Giants have won a game after this. Yes, <laughs> they have. Um, Let's talk about the Giants. I think. I think there's. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't root for Saquon Barkley. I think he's, he's he's always been a pretty good guy. He's always been a bit unlucky. The, the tag this year was. How are we going to see it? Or I think people had started to just give up on him a little bit. You saw him dropping sort of fantasy ADP and you saw a few of these things and the Giants are a bit broken. They were looking to ship him in the off-season a little bit, get some value. But watching a player like that who's gone through those injuries and, and really sort of have a game like that against a, against not a bad team. The Titans are a good side and certainly good against the run. But I think the contrast in that game was brilliant. You saw sort of Tay Crowder knock Derrick Henry right off his toes and on the other side of the ball, Saquon's running through them and it, it was a real sort of change in tempo of that game because the game should have been over and his big run in the in the second half was, was I think it was the biggest play from scrimmage of the week and 
he was um, he looked fantastic, and it gave them just a real boost. And it was more than the run; it was it gave them all a bit of confidence that they could break through. And after that, they they ran away with it really, and they should have won it easily. I thought it was great seeing back. He was an absolute specimen when he came out of college. Uh, everyone on draft Twitter thought he was going to be a running back for the ages. Uh, the injuries were a, an absolute crying shame. I honestly think that the Giants themselves faced a, an opponent that was kind of tailor-made for their defence. So a run-first team going up against your big lugs in the middle, uh, who probably is the best leftover from your old general manager, um, kind of played to your strengths. I think that your defence will have a lot more difficulty against uh, passing first attacks and, you know, just sneak it in here. Glad the Vikings are one of those now. Uh, yeah, I also think that Daniel Jones looks like a a different quarterback when he's got a, a fit Saquon in front of him. So let's just wait and see what happens there. Next headline is Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, saying to all of the, the Cowboys fans that think the season's over already after one game, and there's a few of those knocking about on Twitter, by the way, that they shouldn't worry because he's seen David slay the giant. And I think that means that he's likening the Cowboys to David and the rest of the NFL to the Giant. And last time I checked, they'd sold out 190 straight at AT&T Stadium at 80,000 people a time. I'm pretty sure they're the Giant and they've just cocked it up, Dan. Well, if you go back to our first episode. They were favourites for the NFC East and we said they were a joke then. Um, and they've got less of a chance now. So... They'll never be a. They'll never be an underdog. Everyone in the NFL sees Cowboys away and looks at it as a game that they want to go and play and want to do play well in because it's just a, a scalp you want to take. I think the Packers have that as well, but the Cowboys have it more than anybody. America's team and going up there and sticking it to them is always a good thing. And the Bengals get to feast there this weekend. Indeed, I can't even remember the name of their backup quarterback, but he Cooper played against the Vikings. There we go. He played Cooper against Rush. the Vikings last year and beat yes. us. So he's he's capable of playing an NFL offense, but it's going to be a different kettle of fish, I think, going up against Joe Burrow as opposed to um, Kirk Cousins while he's um, shackled in, a, in our old offenses. So, yeah, I, I think all in all, Dallas definitely are not in any way, shape or form an underdog, a David, if you like. I've been to AT&T Stadium. Ask me why I went there. Why did you go to AT&T Stadium, Dave? I went there for WrestleMania, mate. Um, (laughs) Do it, Dave. Yes, Dave. But it is a magnificent stadium. And uh, a lot of the Dallas Cowboys fans that I met were great, but there was an awful lot of them. Um, They're they're never going to be an underdog. They know that. They they still consider themselves to be America's team. And uh, even though Mr. Jones is now trying to play things down, it's just not reality. I think he's just trying to avoid having to refund all the Super Bowl pre-selling <laughs> tickets they sell at the Cowboys. I think that might have something to do with it. But if, you, if they protect the quarterback the way they did, and we, we said their line was a problem, I don't think yep. Cooper Rush is going to last too long either, and they'll be on to the third-string quarterback in a couple of weeks. It's all right. I'm pretty sure Phil Rivers has had seven months at home with the kids now. He's probably about right to uh, to come back and, <laughs> and join the NFL for a bit of a rest, isn't he? Yeah, Colin Kaepernick's coming back. Working <laughs> yeah, because that's going to go down brilliantly well in Texas, USA. Uh, look, while we're talking about quarterbacks in Dak Prescott and his injury, which will come up again a little bit later, I'm sure, on, on utter punts, are we in a... Are we in a new era of quarterback 
now. I mean, has it moved on again? We've seen quarterbacks throwing two and three touchdown passes for 300 yards this weekend and have it, that that being considered not a great performance. You know, you've got to be throwing four touchdown passes for 300 yards. You've got to be rushing yards. You've got to be stiff-arming people for fun, Josh Allen, um, uh, whilst, you're, whilst you're dual threat. Dan, are we, are we in a completely new era now of quarterback? I, I don't think we're there completely. There's a certain transition going on. So in the last, if you think of the last 10 years, you've had Peyton Manning retired, but he was, you know, he was an absolute field general, but never ran. You, you had Drew Brees, who was the same, absolute pocket master. You've still got Brady and Rogers still playing, although the, Brady says he's retiring this year. He said that last year. Um, and you wouldn't look too far past Brady and Rogers for your quarterback of the season this year. Rogers is the double MVP for the last two years. But you have to say that the players coming out of college now, and Josh Allen and Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, they lead that way. But then you get you get a player like Justin Herbert, who has come into the league at the same time, but is a is more of an old fashioned pocket style quarterback and is incredibly affected. And some of the throws he did on on Sunday, just watching him was were incredible. I, th- I think I think it depends on what you want to do. Herbert has a lot of weapons around him, and they set up a great O line. Obviously, a more mobile quarterback, you have to worry about protection a little bit less because they can escape pocket. They they can they can extend plays a little bit more. But if you find someone with with the talent and players like Rogers see the plays happening before they do, and his he doesn't need to be fast because the ball's out before he even gets there. So we're in a transition certainly, and I think in ten years' time you'll be looking at really athletic Malik Willis type prospects coming into the league and and making a statement. Dan has uh, has done a pretty masterly summary there. The, the only thing I'd say in addition to that is what you've got is a changing culture where you have better athletes now at younger ages being encouraged to become quarterbacks whilst in the past for whatever reason they would have been pushed into being running backs or wide receivers um, so you, you've got a whole new catchment pool coming through where you can see the change Herbert is a, a fantastic example of that traditional pocket passer but you shouldn't underestimate his athleticism either mm. I think a lot depends on the form of offence that you're in, the style of football club that you are at. And I think that can be seen in terms of the success that Lamar was able to get when he became MVP primarily as a, a running quarterback. But you can see his trans- transition now where he's rounding out his game and he's getting better uh, at the passing side of things. And, and maybe as well, Baltimore are starting to allow him to open up the playbook a little bit, which will help them all the more. So, yeah, I th- it's a cycle for me. I think you're going to get to a point where offences are going to be going towards a more traditional pocket-style quarterback, but you're going to have athletes who are playing in that role. And I think it's going to be much more difficult for the likes of Tom Brady to to come through because he wasn't an athlete. All he had was the the quickness of his mind and his work ethic, which he turned into being the best player of all time. But he's never been an athlete, which is probably why he's got the longevity he has. Uh, Really excited. We'll talk more about Mahomes and Herbert a little bit later on when we preview some of the games this weekend. Of course, the Chargers at the Chiefs in week two. So we will wait and see uh, what everybody's got to say about that. Let's take a look back, shall we, at what happened in week one, specifically in the games that we previewed last week. Here's a roundup. 
Let's have a quick review then of the five Sky Sports games last weekend. It was a blowout in the opening game of the 2022 season with the Buffalo Bills turning up at SoFi Stadium to hammer the Rams 31 points to 10. Josh Allen showing again why he's right up there with the best quarterbacks in the NFL and his mean stiff arm to Nick Scott was easily my favourite moment of the opening weekend. The Bills' defence is almost as special as the offence, though. Matt Stafford brought down no fewer than seven times in California. That's his most sacks ever as a Ram. Von Miller has traded LA for Orchard Park, and he says going back to California was special for him. LA has a special place in my heart. Um, Super Bowl 56, I always have a special place in my heart. And uh, my teammates over there and all the coaches and the infrastructure, the team, they always have a special place in my heart. It felt like, I, you know, I was playing against my, you know, my brothers over there. You know, you want everybody to, you know, come out healthy. Um, you want everybody to, you know, have a good game. But you want the guys over here to, to score a little bit more and you want to win the game. So we got that done and everybody balled out today. Everybody on the defense, everybody in the offense. It, it was a great game. There's already huge pressure on the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I mean, when isn't there? When you've been the team everyone loves to hate for over a decade, people are going to revel when you lose 20 points to seven against the Dolphins in Miami. It was an incredible debut for Mike McDaniel, who's been in training to take a head coach's job since his internship at Denver back in 2005. A solid D, some ridiculously quick options in offense. See Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Moster. It's just how the Dolphins bagged their opening weekend win. In fact, Tua Tagovailoa called Tyreek a cheat code after helping the quarterback to 270 passing yards and a touchdown. Minnesota's the next stop and the Vikings proving why utter punts were dead right last week. How on earth were they the underdogs going into this one against the Packers side with a weak and untested offense? The Vikings coming out 23-7 winners against the Pack. Justin Jefferson, the only place to start. 184 yards chalked off his 2,000-yard season target and two touchdowns too. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, very excited. I mean, feel like football again. Uh, just, I feel like a little kid today, waking up this morning, just excited for the game. I mean, especially for this type of rivalry. I live for these type of good games. Also, honourable mention for the ballsy play calling of new head coach Kevin O'Connell, who made the decision to go for it early in the game on fourth down to score that touchdown, set the tone for the rest of the game. Absolutely brilliant. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, meanwhile, have their work out. The veteran quarterback's first game without Devontae Adams was a frustrating one. He's going to be hoping to get some of the O-line back fit as well after playing the majority of the second half with three backups. Anyone doubting Tom Brady? Anyone at all? 45 years old and he looked very much like some of the younger versions of Tom Brady on the night as the Bucks smashed the woeful Cowboys 19-3. The GOAT was well in control through that game. The Cowboys, who had a top two offense last season, didn't even show to the party. Maybe Dak Prescott's throwing hand injury was the root cause of that. The Cowboys are going to have to find a solution though because Dak needs surgery and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said it could be multiple weeks without him. Last call on our whistle-stop tour is the Russell Wilson Derby. It's not very often you throw for 340 yards and a touchdown 
but you end up losing 17 points to 16. That's what happened to the Broncos and Wilson. He was pretty much outdueled by Geno Smith. The Seahawks quarterback hasn't started a week one game since 2014, completed his first 13 straight and ended the game on 23 of 28 completions, 195 yards and two touchdowns. Seahawks fans whispering to one another, Russell who? Wilson, meanwhile, still full of praise for Seattle and himself. So I'm just grateful that uh, I get to be with these guys, you know, in this locker room too as well. I've been around some amazing teammates in the past and I got some amazing teammates currently. And uh, I'm, I'm going to remember every single moment of that. So um, tonight was special. Uh, you know, it was, it was on the other side, you know, than, than, I, than I used to. Um, but it was, uh, it was still a special environment, so a place that I've always loved. Another whistle-stop tour of the weekend's games coming next week on Utter Punts. Thanks very much to me for rounding that up <laughs> and uh, and doing a mighty fine job of it. May I may I say I don't think I missed um, more no, monologues missed, um, from Liam. Yeah, yeah, no more. less. Fewer, fewer monologues from not me, who, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, um, let's talk briefly, shall we, about fantasy football? Everybody happy to talk about fantasy football? Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan's happy. Dave, how did you? How did you get on? Um, I lost, but I felt like I was my moral victor. Um, I picked the team. Um, I, I paid attention to, to the dismal goings on over Sunday, and yeah, I think all in all, my, my levels of commitment uh, meant that I should have won. And um, yeah, I was beaten by a, a better computer mind on the day. Yes, uh, bottom of the table, Dave. Uh, second bottom of the table. Dan Horton. So third, okay. Our game was a was a sort of classic example of the fantasy, wasn't it? That it was quite close. And then there was a a spell of about five minutes in the evening games where Darren Waller, for me, drops a pass in the end zone and it was he was he was well open and should have caught it. And at the same time on red zone, Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown, as is Justin Jefferson for you, and it, it the the protected went sort of forty points into your favour and it was then impossible to bring back. But it's a long season. A long season. I am aware how long the season is. Uh, the reason that I am celebrating this as hard as I am is that I'm concerned that this might be my only opportunity <laughs> to celebrate quite this hard. I do have uh, Justin Jefferson to thank for an almighty points haul this week. If you if you have Justin Jefferson in your side, singularly, probably the biggest point scorer in fantasy this week. So the only maybe positive, Patrick Mahomes might have been pushing him close. The only positive is that a lot of the, you know, Justin Jefferson, we, we absolutely bleated about how good the Vikings were going to be and how easily they're going to beat the Packers. And he really helped us prove that we know more than most other people. So I, I took the... Uh, I took the loss with gritted teeth. Yeah, well, I mean, we did say quite clearly, as we've just heard in that roundup there, we said quite clearly, why on earth are the Vikings underdogs at home in this game? And the point was proven. Um, look, we got every single game prediction that we made last week 100% correct, Dave. Do you reckon yeah. we can do the same again this week? 
Yeah, we keep Darren Browning everybody, and I go one way, and uh, Dan goes the other. We've got everything covered. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we know exactly the way to play the system. That being said, we are going to talk a little bit later about a potential train bet that we're going to start. So we'll talk to you about that in a bit, but essentially it's even money bets every week between, I think we said week three to the end of the season, potentially taking you from a pound to a hundred grand. So... If we get that right and you get that right, we could all end up in the money. And if that's the case, we're having a very big utter punt party at the uh, at the end of the season. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Let's look first, shall we, at the charges at the Chiefs. This is the Thursday night game. It's Amaz- I think it's Amazon's game in in the States as well, isn't it? So it's their first Thursday night game too. This is an absolute peach. It's a real toss-up between this one and Vikings at Eagles as to what's the game of the week for me. This one has been chosen as the Thursday night game. A real early season test for both of these sides, Dave. They were both excellent in week one too. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm looking forward to the the quarterback duel that we're going to get. All in all, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I, I think that they have started the season in a way. Uh, okay, so for the opening day, they beat who they had in front of them. But Patrick Mahomes threw touchdowns to five different receivers. They've, they've reconfigured their offense completely. Um, and I, I don't think that the charges are going to be that much different. So all in all, I think that the advantage at the moment, due to trading away Tyreek Hill, which I never thought I'd say, is probably with the Chiefs. Is it too easy, Dan, to ask if this is basically a battle between Mahomes and Herbert for the win? Yeah, I think it is. If all teams fit, I think this would be a lot closer than than, than sort of 6.5, 7.5 on the handicap. I, I, I disagree a little bit with Dave. I think the Chargers' defense is, is outstandingly improvement on the on the Cardinals' shower that we saw last week. The Cardinals look terrible don't they so and I think the Chargers what the Chargers did against the Raiders who are a good offense was really really slow them down Khalil Mack I think three sacks on the on the day Joey Bosch on the other side Derwin James looks like he's back to full fitness there are Khalil Mack by the way he said that he'd had a really poor performance three sacks he was responsible for three out of the four and a half sacks that they got last week Came out afterwards and said, "No, no, no, it wasn't good enough." Yeah, and that and that, <laughs> How many that Raiders O line is. Did he get? <laughs> yeah, that Raiders O line is 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 pretty good. I, I'd say it's probably better than the Chiefs. I think the Chargers can really slow the Chiefs down. But I'd have been leaning towards the Chargers. I think, other than Keenan Allen isn't going to be playing, and I think that affects Herbert. Herbert was the he, he had the fewest yards in the AFC West quarterbacks last week, even though they they won and he looked so good. But he sl- they slowed down massively when Allen went out. I mean, their 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 wide receivers after him, uh, DeAndre Carter. You can jump in whenever you recognise one of these names. Gerald Everett, the tight end. Trey McKitty, anyone? Um, and obviously Mike Williams. But Mike Williams only had thirty yards in week one. Wow! And they slowed down as soon as Allen went out. And my fear is they just won't be able to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs this time and it's a shame because I think it would have been a really good game the points total in this is too high they're saying sort of 55 56 points and I think I can see it being a lot slower than that and a lot tighter than that that the Chargers are gonna have to use um, MVP Eckler a little bit more and I, I think they'll slow it down a little bit but I, I think Dave's right now I think it leaves just towards the Chiefs it had had it been the other way around and the Chiefs had lost oh. Travis Kelsey 
I think you'd lean with the Chargers. I think the Chargers losing Keenan Allen is, is just as important to them. I've seen a fair bit of Khalil Mack. He's been with the Bears. And when he beats an O-line and it's a quarterback who's not particularly good at moving, i.e. Carr, he will get to them and he will bring them down. He's not quite as effective against Aaron Rodgers just with the additional mobility that Rodgers has. And Rodgers has been working behind an O-line which has been suffering with injuries for a while. And that's why I don't think we're going to see Khalil Mack be as effective this week. I think Mahomes, even though in the AFC Championship game, he did hold on to the ball too much, was under pressure a lot. The mobility of Mahomes is what the difference is in this game because he's no longer looking for that deep ball to hill and looking for that knockout shot and he can just pick whatever passes after. I just think it's the additional options that, that lead me to conclude it won't even be close this time. We shall wait and see. I uh, Man to watch, I think, has already been mentioned for me. Travis Kelsey scored the opening touchdown last week. Eight receptions as well. Going to be really difficult to keep him quiet over the course of that game. I'd probably go Chiefs to win and you can sort of usually get a double up and sort of like a match, like a, a combo bet. You, I'd, I'd go Chiefs and under 57 points. I think it probably makes sense. I think it's probably about... Six to four, seven to four, and that's probably just a starter for the week. But it's probably it's a it is probably a game I'd just sit and watch and enjoy. I don't think it's one where you can make much money because the Chiefs yeah. are favourites. Probably rightly, they could either win close or they could absolutely blow the charges out. So I, I wouldn't go near it really. But if you wanted to just have a bit of fun and maybe get some money for the weekend, I would go Chiefs and under fifty-seven points. I think that's perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, that <laughs> works. Like, that, just, no, just, no, just, no. Yeah, genuinely, it's perfect. I think the the, the the Chargers will be able to do enough to keep the points down, but I just don't think they're going to put that many on the board with with the the wide receiver room that they're putting out there. It really is a disgrace now that Allen's injured. I was impressed with the Chiefs' defense a bit more, Dave. I know I know it was the Cardinals, and I'll keep saying it. You've got to, you've got, and this is why we don't do the trade bet till week three, um, because you don't quite know what you've seen until mm-hmm. then. Um, but mm-hmm. that the the Chiefs, Carl Loftus, the, the the rookie looked really good, and I think they they looked they, they had a pass rush for the first time in a few years. So that I think their defense will be a little bit less porous this year as well. Yeah, Carl, Carl shall... Loftus fell down the, in the draft further than yeah. I expected him to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me tell you, uh, I'm going to let you into a little trade secret here. I've been trying to move that conversation on by interrupting you two for the last four and a half minutes and every time I try you just trample over me so now that yeah, I've actually yeah, got the microphone no, no, what do you make for the second round running back there keep talking until everybody shuts up so we can move on to Bears at Packers you pain in my ass, honestly <laughs> Bears at Packers huge comeback win for the Bears last week are we putting that one down to the weather and saying actually they're just as terrible as we thought they were or yeah. has it changed yeah. anybody's mind no, no they're terrible <laughs> That's a really lovely answer. Let's move on. Packers have got the hoodoo on the Bears. They've won six straight. Is it more of the same, given how difficult Aaron Rodgers found it, finding receivers, finding options last week? He didn't have a great time, did he? No, but what we said said last week was the game plan for the Vikings had to be to go for the throw early. And then obviously them converting on a fourth and goal, taking the lead, getting a sort of big lead, put through the game plan out the window it's exactly what we said and it's what happened the Bears aren't going to do that the Bears will allow the Packers to play their game and this will be an absolute 
monster bash. They're, they're going to take full revenge here, the, the, the Packers, I think. The only thing I've looked at is sort of Aaron Jones receiving yards. I think the line's about 42, and I think he'll go well over. I think he'll be their top receiver this year. I mean, two ends of the quarterback spectrum in Justin Fields and, and Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I mean, neither of them have got masses in front of them. You're going to have to go with experience winning the day here, Dave, I think, aren't you? Yes, unless it's another weather game. <laughs> Uh, the great equaliser but um, it it is very much in, in the ballpark for the Packers to try to run up the score in this one just to announce to everybody that they're back um, and it, against the Bears defence you only really need to send wide receivers going long and then try and hit the tight ends on, under the middle because they tend to have their safety sit a little bit deeper and then come crashing down uh, so you need big bodied receivers in there so i I reckon that Tonyan, the uh, Packers tight end, he could have a decent game this week. So we're going to see pretty much what we saw in the Giants game last week, that dink-dunk all the way up the field. Is that is that how we're thinking it's going to go? Yeah. Guessing we're saying, you know, if you wanted to have a go at Packers to win and over 40 points scored in the game, you're probably going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, because I think, like Dave said, I think they'll make a point this, this week of, of scoring as many points as they can just to prove the office isn't broken. But there's a few sort of revenge sort of we are who we thought we were games this week and I think the Packers you'd roll in a, as a sort of maybe an accumulator I think there's a few few teams like we've already mentioned the Bengals on the road at Dallas I think's bloody solid uh, I, I probably think the Raiders against the Cardinals is probably one uh, we'll talk about the Bills Titans shortly but I think you'd roll the Packers into that maybe the Rams or I think the Rams are at home as well aren't they against the Falcons so there's a few where you'd say we're going to go and revert back to sort of Rams Packers Bengals in the trouble, you'd probably be better off as a safe bet. That would do nicely, I think. I'm, I'm not going to contradict anything Dan said there when he's talking sense. Carry on, Dan. <laughs> um, are you feeling all right, Kino? Because normally that's exactly the time where you jump in and, and have a bit of a pop. When somebody's making perfect sense, that's normally the bit where you are in your element. That is true, but as you know, today um, we're currently recording during the first half of the Birmingham City game, and I need to go. <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. That would also explain why your internet connection is so terrible. Uh, Tennessee at Buffalo <laughs> is their next game that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Is this the easiest prediction we're going to make this weekend? For me, it's slightly easier than picking the Dolphins over the Patriots last week, yeah. Was that the easiest pick for you last weekend? By far, yeah. Uh, and this one's even easier. Dave, this is, a, this is a straightforward Buffalo win, isn't it? You can't see it any other way, surely. How many points did um, Miami get last week? Twenty. Twenty points, and, yeah. And what was the over-under that you, you took as a safe bet, Dan? 19.5. Yes, yes, yes. So, well done for being correct, but <laughs> it was mighty close. Um, M- money's I'm, in I'm, the account, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, for, for that is irrefutable. I can't argue with what you said previously, though. Yeah. Again, carry on. Uh, I, I will. Dave's just like, hurry up, blues are on. Uh, Stefan Diggs, just let's talk briefly about him because clearly he's going to be Alan's main target this season and you can see why he's so hard to control Dan is there any chance that Fulton's keeping him under wraps for the entirety of this game not for the entirety of the game and and if they even if they if they put Fulton on on Diggs they'll just hit Gabe Davis and and Dawson Knox and and what I was impressed with the Bills and obviously we we did say that they they had the potential to really destroy the Rams last week was they were they they've 
come in where they left off last season and they played sort of three or four perfect games at the end of last year and I think they didn't punt again on Sunday on Thursday night which is the I think the third regular season game out of four when they, they haven't even punted um, which is the first time since records began I think so they're just clicking on all cylinders and unless there's an injury or, or a problem I, I don't really think you can stop them you've just got to try and outscore them and, and the Titans aren't going to do that not with Derek Henry making four yards a carry or whatever it was last week, Dave. It, they need some options, Tennessee, and I'm not sure they've got them at the minute. No, unfortunately not. Um, they've, <laughs> without a viable wide receiver to at least draw some attention for running game, you can stack the box, you can you can set things up so you've got multiple players crashing down into a line. You tend, you can watch the film to work out exactly where we're going to be sending Derek. Henry and even a behemoth like him can't shift everybody every play so yeah uh, they need to be more creative I don't think I don't think they're going to be um, Tannehill looked a little bit shell-shocked at the end of that game of the weekend yeah I mean when Derek Henry gets out Derek Henryed by the New York Giants you've, you've got you've got some concerns I think Dan. Dave how long do, do you think that they'll stick with Tannehill. I mean, bear in mind, we, we picked the Colts to win the South and I think that was mm-hmm. purely based on the fact that the Titans we thought might be might take a, a regression this year. Yeah. But you know, we talked earlier about sort of a transition of quarterbacks and the, the Titans drafted Malik Willis who's a, a, a sort of a, a Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson type. He is very raw. We saw that in the preseason. But he's he's that X factor. And I, I How long do you think they'll keep Tannehill there I mean I know they've got a tough start to the season but Giants at home um, but they're not going to beat the Bills they're going to be 0-2 how long before there's a change in Tennessee do you think well I think if if a if a general manager and a coach believes in a quarterback they will take them in the first round so they've experimented with Malik Willis they've, they've taken him in the third because he was good value as a high tools high upside prospect but until he starts playing in a way where he is giving Mike Vrabel what he wants from his offense, uh, and he was literally yelled at in the preseason for having kept a player alive and making a fantastic completion down the field um, because it wasn't what he wanted from him. So I don't know if Willis will be the guy that ends up coming in, but if they struggle, if it looks like they're not going to be making the playoffs then they will put Willis in just to see what they've got and see whether or not he can become that viable option. But I wouldn't be expecting any clamour before, say, week nine, even if if things were going badly. I don't think it's one where there's going to be enough pressure to get Willis put in because Tannehill has taken them to the playoffs on multiple occasions now. Can he get them over the hurdle? Maybe not, but I don't think that this, this... his coaching staff believes that Willis is the man who would do that instead of his point. Uh, where's the value? Um, given that we've said that this is straightforward, is there any value in Tennessee Buffalo or is it one to steer clear of? I, I mean, I, I can't see Buffalo not covering the, the point spread. It's minus 9.5 and you know they, they did that, doubled that over the Rams so that they'll they'll cover the spread. But the, the Bills are one I've got in sort of the accumulate we spoke about. So you go Packers, Bills, Bengals, 49ers say and it's, it's paying nearly 3-1. to one, So I would I would maybe just roll those those safe bets and, and, and put them in together. This next game's I, I don't know why this isn't the Thursday night game. I don't know why this isn't the, the showpiece event of the week for me. Vikings at Eagles is one hundred percent my pick for the week. This has the potential to be an absolute firecracker. We'll let the uh, Vikings fan Dave Keen start, shall we? 
Oh, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Um, I have very unhappy memories of uh, Philadelphia. Could somebody, just hold on. Could somebody just take a thermometer and just go and check on him? <laughs> because he's been polite. He's been courteous. He's not cut across anybody. He's not been argumentative. He hasn't called anybody a C word yet. Right now, you're getting the best behaviour you're going to get from me. But I am I'm keeping little mental notes about, about what's going on here. I, I know that you're elongating this deliberately. I know that we could have done this in about 15 minutes if we'd hurried. Um, but anyway, no, <laughs> we will. Yeah, we will probably try to get a little bit of revenge for them dumping us out of the playoffs after the Minneapolis miracle uh, when Stefan Diggs beat the Saints with uh, the clock hitting zero. Uh, it was a great day. The following week, watching um, the Eagles absolutely knock the stuffing out, out of the Vikings <laughs> was not so good. We've met since. We've beaten them since. Um, they've beaten us, I believe. Uh, but all in all, there's a different feel right now. The, Vikings fandom currently believes again, which in its entire history has been a mistake. So I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon right now. Uh, I hope that we do well against the Eagles, but I think it's going to be a very tough ask on the road. The, the fans in the stadium on uh, the weekend were very much on the side of our offence. That's going to be the, off the opposite. I'm very interested to see whether or not we can still stay as aggressive uh, on the road. Um, I think the Eagles are going to beat us. I think it will be close, but I do think they're going to beat us. And I think they'll probably do it via the wrong game, uh, whether it's uh, Hurts hurting us with his legs or, or their running backs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm good at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Remains um, to be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that we're, we're probably going to lose. And I think it will be because we weren't that great against the run. If, if, if Green Bay could have kept the running backs in the game, and I don't know why they didn't have both of them on the field more often against us, to be honest, go with the 21 set. Um, or 22, but they didn't. And But I think that Philadelphia know and believe in their run game. And I think we're going to get tested on the road uh, against an offense, which is playing to our weaknesses at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult. If we win, I'll be delighted, but I can't see it happening. I think it'll be really difficult. I think this could be an NFC Championship game, or certainly a playoff game. I just... I think you're right, Dave. I think I think the run is the problem. The, the Eagles had three different rushing touchdown scorers at the weekend against the Lions in sort of Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders and, and Kenneth Gainwell all scored touchdowns. They ran for over 220 yards on the Lions. And I know um, I think the Vikings are a bit better than the Lions, but I still think it's a, it, it's, it's a tough beast to stop, especially when they've then got A.J. Brown as well, who went for over 140 yards in the air. I mean, if Jalen Hurts can play like that, um, I, I think it's difficult to stop. He's almost in in a category with Josh Allen, with that sort of dual threat ability. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think we underestimate how, you know, how good the Vikings played on Sunday and, and, and the difference in tone that they set, you know, with Kevin O'Connell going for it on fourth and goal, that, that would never have happened under Mike, Mike Zimmer. Very true, um, very true. We, we sort of exchanged a bit of a joke, didn't we, in the in the group of sort of saying that Mike Zimmer sat at home going, why didn't I have Justin Jefferson? You know, and well, oh, well, I did. Um, well, what well, I would say to that, Mike would have gone for it on fourth and one, but he would have been a crash run straight up the middle with a fullback of the game. <laughs> there wouldn't have been anything else going on. And he would have been stuffed and he'd have been surprised. So, yeah. <laughs> We're already mentioning Justin Jefferson here. He gives Kirk Cousins a genuine first receiver option that he looks for 
first up constantly, there is a danger that you can overuse Justin Jefferson. That's It's quite an easy thing to defend eventually. If you know that that's where he's going first time every time, it becomes easier to defend, doesn't it? It's but not the way potentially, we set up our offence. No, yeah. and, and you, you could say that. You know, Look at Devontae Adams' last couple of years in Green Bay with Rodgers. You, everyone knew where it was going. You just can't stop it. Justin Herbert's a quarterback that will make his receivers look better. Rodgers is the same. I think Justin Jefferson's one of those receivers that can make his quarterback look better. I think Terry McLaurin's done that the last couple of years in Washington as well. I think mm-hmm. he's a talented guy, and I, I think he could still cause damage. I, I just worry about the amount of time Cousins is going to have to throw the ball, and I, I could see yep. the Eagles getting to him and putting him under pressure, and we know that when the lights are on and he's under pressure, it, it can get a bit messy for Kirk. Uh, look, I'm aware yeah. that because we've got an extra game this week, we are going to have to keep things moving. Also, Dave's desperate to go and watch the football. So let's talk uh, Bucks at Saints next. These games were announced really late on Wednesday. Like we were expecting them to come earlier today, potentially even yesterday. They were announced today. But Bucks on the road again against Saints. Dave, how do you see this one going? I expect the Saints defence to get to Brady more than people have already this season because he doesn't have an offensive line in front of him but I don't think that Winston's going to be able to, to keep his production going Mike Thomas scored two touchdowns from nowhere I mean I'd shout out to him because he's been injured for two years uh, I didn't expect to see him playing to a high standard again um, but I'm going to go with the Bucks because I'm fed up of trying to bet against Brady I think you yeah. summed it up previously <laughs> I, I, I did I like I, and Tom Brady looked great, but I think you've got to qualify that with Tom Brady looked great against the Cowboys. This is what we said before, and this is why you don't really go too heavy week one and two. You, 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 mm-hmm. What you've seen, you've got to make sure you saw it. Your eyes can deceive you in, in week one and week two. Um, the, the last six regular season games, the Saints have won every one of them. Uh, Brady, no Brady. They, they've won the last six. They've done They've done the double over the books the last three years. J- Jameis is, is high risk high reward and, and the Falcons gave them all sorts of trouble and made that the, the much vaunted Saints defence look a bit poor I, I think the Saints could upset them here I, I think they've got more firepower if Godwin looks like he's still going to be out I think I think the Saints with Thomas uh, who looked every bit like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry um, Chris Alavi looked good on a two point conversion he looked sharp uh, Kamara wasn't really used but he looks like he's coming back to full health I, I think the Saints could overpower the Bucks. Um and I would, I would take them on with with the handicap here. I think mm. you take them on with the handicap. You yeah. you disagree? I I do disagree. I think I I I'd go with the Bucks, but like I say, it's mainly because I'm fed up with against, uh, betting against Tom Brady. The Saints didn't particularly impress me week one. I I thought they were very much in danger of uh, proving my belief that they're, they're a little bit of a paper tiger, correct? And I, I can't see, even though they're going to be at home, I can't see them beating uh, Tom Brady Bucks. Not not at this point under this coach. Uh, I think I'm going to side with Keno here. Once bitten, twice shy. Don't bet against Tom Brady. Is where I'm. Is where I'm going. We shall see. We shall see. That, that, Dan. Dan's looking at me, going, "I can't believe you've done that to me. I haven't got one wrong yet, and you've just gone against me." Uh, finally, Seahawks at 49ers, and the Seahawks have got a a new fan favorite in at quarterback. They were chanting Gino, Gino, Gino. You've got two words written for this, Dan. What are the two words that you've got written? Bloodbath. 
You reckon the Seahawks are going to transfer? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> There's trouble coming. There's trouble coming. Um, I, it's one of those. I think it, it was just revert back to the, to the sort of book Saints. It, the book, the Saints only just won. The, the books look like they won easier, and I think it spews the odds a little bit. Um, when you look at the the Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh are playing the Pats this weekend, which is just a hate ball for me. Um, <laughs> And Pittsburgh get a real boost because they won, even though they definitely shouldn't have done. And the Pats get stonked and then get boosted because they're the Pats. Um, and I think this is a little bit the same. The 49ers, the, 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 the market has closed on this game because the Seahawks won, even though it was two goal line stands and they got outplayed massively by the Broncos and should have lost. And the, the, the Niners, who played in basically in a swimming pool, um, and they couldn't throw the ball. Their running back went out, and they had no time to readjust. Um, I've lost. I've lost a bit of power with the bookies because they they lost. I think this is great value. The 49ers at home. I think they're going to absolutely destroy the Seahawks. I think this could be an absolute wipeout. Are you saying the Trey Lance's experience in the last game isn't really relevant to NFL experience because it was so wet? It's not really fair to say that that came for anything. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the some of the game, obviously I've, I've I like Trey Lance and I, I want him to do well. So I watched I've watched the game a little a couple of times. There were sometimes he he couldn't even hold the ball. Um, it was that wet and it was slipping out of his hands. But um, how do you I, know I, that's I, not just the norm for him because of how little experience he's had and how little exposure we've seen of him? Dave, they were doing <laughs> are you water on the pitch. Are you hundred percent sure it was down to the water? There he, there he is. It's Dave. taken him forty minutes to get here, but he's arrived. He's arrived. Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We yes. knew in episode one that it's Trey Lance time now. battleground, didn't we? And here he is, week two, Trey Lance is the battleground. Um, <laughs> l- listen, we'll see. Trey Lance's passing line for this game is 242 yards, go over. The 49ers, Rod's on, go over. They're only, they're only giving away seven and a half points, go over. Brandon Ayuk is only getting 67 yards on the line, go over. This is going to be a bloodbath. Any advances, Kino? I, I, I mean, I'm sitting back and enjoying the battle. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I was just enjoying... Uh, trying to undermine Trey Lance's one true game of NFL experience. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it, I'm done there. We'll leave it. It's it's really tough, isn't it? Because we talk about NFL experience like it's the be-all and end-all. But actually, these kids have played enough college, college ball, which at points is harder than playing NFL. If you If you listen to people that watch a lot of college ball, they'll tell you just how competitive it is. It's oh, a it's, pretty it's good breeding ground. But, and I'll point this out before, uh, 290 attempts, 202 completions. He hasn't got that body of work. And I don't think he even played that much in high school. But, but that's beside the point. Dan loves him. I hope he gets MVP this season. We'll just. see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the two-minute warning hooter. The two-minute warning hooter has sounded. That means we've got two minutes to give you our utter punts of the week nominations. Dan, why don't you lead us off? Uh, Zach Taylor, um, head coach, Cincinnati Bengals. There was, there's a touchdown ruled off in the game, which was a, a millimetre into the end zone. And then another one that they didn't even review. And it was quite clear that Chase caught the ball. It was on his hip. He had one foot in the end zone. The ball had to have been touching the plane and they've not even reviewed it. They instead opted to kick a field goal, which they missed. Game went to overtime and they lost. Zach Taylor, you utter punt. Yeah, fair enough. Keno, your vote for utter punt of the week, please. 
I'm going to go with Andrew Berry. <laughs> again, <laughs> again. This one, this one is a little bit more left field. It basically the Browns commissioned the brand new logo for the middle of their um, pitch for their <laughs> home, uh, home opener, and it's called yeah. Brownie the Elf. And my issue <laughs> with this is the fact that a brownie is in its own right a mythical creature. So what he's essentially called this character is Elf the Elf. <laughs> and I don't know why they've done this. I okay. Uh, Jerry Jones is who I'm going with. Yeah, um, you win. Just a massive <laughs> weapon, overly talkative. Pretty sure he's broken all of their HIPAA. Uh, you know, the the health given away patient confidentiality information when he basically told the world exactly what was wrong with Dak Prescott's thumb, how long he was going to be out, what surgery was required, the fact they weren't putting him on IR because they wanted him to train with a broken thumb. I mean, weapon, utter punt of the week, Jerry Jones. That said, Jerry, if you do want to come and sponsor the podcast, we're more than happy to take uh, take your call. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, and I love your stadium, Jerry. So it's not us <laughs> talking, it's just him. You idiot. <laughs> uh, right. Right then, um, just time left to tell you um, about what's going to be happening from next week. All right. So from next week, from week three, we're starting a train bet. Dan, can you explain the technicals of it? Yeah. So instead of looking at a sort of a big bet every week to sort of try and win loads of money, we, we think the safest way to do it and have a bit have a bit of fun is to do a really safe bet or so what we think is a really safe bet, or a bit of against the odds every week. Um, obviously, there's no guarantees with this, so we'll take it as we go. And, we'll, we, you know, it, it's your money. You, you can do what you want with it. But what we would say is, and a few people have reached out to me on, on Instagram, and I've said, look, if you you know, you can get off the train anytime you want. We're not going to get off. We're going to go week one, try and turn £5 into £10, which will be week three. Then week four, we're going to turn that 10 into 20 20 into 40 the week after and so on and so forth and we're going to let that train ride if every week all you want to do is have a bit of fun and watching the sky games and turn a fiver into a tenner then just do it as a single bet every week and cash out but i think for 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 fun purposes we're going to sort of let it ride through we have had some fairly heated discussions about what we'd do in week 16 when there's eighty thousand pound in the in the account are we actually going to put it on the Steelers losing at home because i hate them um but we'll cross that bridge <laughs> hopefully when we come to it what i will say is that dave and i put in sort of two or three to each other this weekend and they mm-hmm. they all came in um with with a bit of room to spare other than the half point win for the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're looking at all different things. We've spoken about it a little bit about passing yards, rushing yards, quarterback passing yards, total points, handicaps. We're going to look at every single market and we're going to find an, an even money bet, which will either be one or two. Um, it may just be that we say the Bengals will beat the Cowboys and take, give, and take three points off and that will be our even money bet that week. Just um, stay with us. We'll put it on the socials after the podcast, but the best way to listen to it is download subscribe and listen to why we're picking them yep uh and when we get to 50 grand we'll then have the argument on the podcast as whether or not we're getting off the train right well that's the weekend of your wedding liam yeah so i think this um, is this is the kind of the point like if if we're if we're sat on 50 or 80 or whatever it might be we can have a discussion at that point as to whether we're getting off the train can't we we, can't we we've got to stay on the train we can't stay on the like there's a, a we can't ask people mate. to follow us if we're getting off the train. want to stay on the train if we've got £80,000. Choo-choo. If you get off the train, you are a traitor to your kind. 
I just Trend. call myself an utter punt. Uh, like, subscribe, share with a friend. We want to uh, get this out there. We think that we're doing a pretty solid job in terms of giving you what you need in terms of NFL reviews, previews, and betting tips. We would love it if you shared us with somebody and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.